Blog Talk Radio. You are listening to Help for HD Lives, the first podcast created for families living with Huntington's and juvenile Huntington's disease. Don't forget to find us on iTunes, Blog Talk, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. You can also search over 500 archived episodes and other projects at helpforhd.org. To watch us in person, find Help for HD TV on YouTube and subscribe and ring the bell for notifications on new content. Help for HD Live is going on air in 5, 4, 3, 2, Hello, everyone, and thanks so much for tuning in to Help for HD Live. This show is made possible because of a grant from Teva Pharmaceuticals, Neurocrine Biosciences, and the Griffin Foundation. I'm your host, Lauren Holder, and today I have um, the wonderful Ken Serbin on, a.k.a. Gene Veritas, who is going to be talking with me um, about a very um, sensitive subject, um, controversial subject all around, but something that really does need to be discussed. And um, before we start, I do I do want to preface it with the fact that this is not to say one side, um, one way is right or wrong or anything like that. It is more of an educational show for people to understand the issue and how it affects the HD community. So I um, I don't want anybody to feel like we are going to judge you in the community because we're not. Um, there are several people, you know, who feel one way and others who feel another, and that's okay. But in order to have an informed and educated decision, we have to know what the issue is. Um, so I have Ken on. Thank you so much for joining me today, Ken. Thank you, Lauren. I'm, uh, it's a, a, an honor and a pleasure to be here on the program with you uh, and and to be in touch again with all of our friends out there in, in the HD community, our our HD brothers and, and sisters. So, absolutely, our HD brothers and sisters. Um, so, I just want to um, point out, guys, that if you don't know Ken Serban, he is also known as Gene Veritas, and he has an amazing blog that he does, um, and. He talks about everything on his blog, and he does a very good job in delving into the issues and really researching stuff. So, um, Ken, what is the name of your blog? Uh, Lauren, thanks for mentioning it. Uh, it's at risk for Huntington's disease. Uh, the address is simple. It's curehd.blogspot.com. Dot com. I'll repeat that. It's curehd.blogspot.com, uh, and uh, easily searchable. Uh, and uh, my email uh, is I use my pseudonym, which I I adopted uh, when I started the blog in 2005 because I was in uh, what I call the terrible and lonely Huntington's closet, like so many people. Uh, all of my advocacy was uh, uh, anonymous or, in the case of the blog, using a pseudonym of Gene Veritas, which means the truth in my genes. And therefore, I even use an email uh, with the name Gene Veritas. And so if you ever want to email me and, and if you want to get on my blog list, it's just Gene Veritas. That's G-E-N-E, 
V-E-R-I-T-A-S, gmail.com. Uh, and uh, I'm also on Facebook uh, and on on Twitter. Uh, and so uh, the blog uh, has been going now for over 18 years, and I've written more than 310 articles in the blog. As you pointed out, Lauren, I attempt to go as in-depth as possible into the many facets of Huntington's disease, everything from the challenges we face as family members to family planning uh, to caregiving, uh, to uh, participation in research studies and clinical trials, and also uh, a lot of discussion of the science. Uh, I try to put the science in understandable language for our community. As you know, Lauren, so many of us are forced when we get into uh, a situation of Huntington's to become experts on HD, uh, so so many of us know about the science, and and so uh, I'm I'm trying to uh, strengthen that aspect of our mission as family members uh, by also putting out news on the science breakthroughs and sometimes disappointments also as we know uh, in our in my blog. Yes, and it's a it's a wonderful blog. I actually consider it like the first real voice of HD, you know, that's not um, – it is part of the HD community. It is a person who is affected by HD, you know, 18 years is what you said. And that's what I remember is the fact that um, there was this blog, and obviously then we had all these other things pop up. But your blog is the first thing that I remember from the point of view of somebody with HD or at risk for HD, and it's just been a lifesaver for me and something that I've truly enjoyed reading. Well, uh, I'm just uh, doing my part. Uh, we, all, we all do our part uh, in this Huntington's disease community. We all have our own uh, special talents, uh, you you have your talents, Lauren, as a as an interviewer, as a, a, a podcaster, and the many other uh, activities that you have developed that help for HD International. Uh, I happen to be good at blogging. Uh, there are people out there who are excellent at fundraising and bring in, you know, hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of dollars uh, to our our cause. Uh, there are in our families caregivers, so we're all we're all contributing to the cause in, in the best way we can. So I decided to start the blog because I love writing. I've always been into writing, and uh, so decided to contribute in that manner by putting out information about HD uh, in my blog. Yeah. And today we're going to focus on your most recent. Um, your most recent um, article, and it delves into a very controversial subject, very sensitive subject, um, and that is the recent overturning of Roe versus Wade in regards to abortions. 
And we're going to go into basically how that affects the Huntington's community, um, because it does. Um, a decision like this does affect the HD community because not every state will have abortion rights that will allow for, you know, for, um, for example, CVS chorionic villus sampling, where you wait until 13 to 14 weeks to do testing of a fetus, and then if it tests positive, terminating the pregnancy. That will not be an option in all states. So you're going to want to know what your options are, what it means to the HD community to have this federal decision overturned. Um, and that's what we're kind of going to delve into today. So I just wanted to warn people I, in case there's any type of trigger, um, you know, if it's a very sensitive subject and you're not ready to hear this, then turn it off now and come to it later. But I do think that it's so important that we address this because of just being informed about what our rights are and how it affects, um, you know, the HD community. So, Ken, could you tell me a little bit about what the overturning of Roe versus Wade is? Oh, uh, great introduction, Lauren. Uh, and uh, uh, I agree that this is a very sensitive topic. I think that from my past uh, blog articles on Huntington's, I've seen that the HD community is pretty much like uh, America in general. There are people who are pro-choice uh, and, and uh, support a, a woman's right uh, to, uh, with her family to uh, determine to move forward with a pregnancy. And there are people who disagree with that. Uh, and the Supreme Court uh, in 1973 in the famous Roe versus Wade decision had guaranteed in all states, uh, a woman's uh, right uh, to have an abortion. And then later in the 1990s, uh, in, uh, in 1992, in Planned Parenthood versus Casey, uh, they reaffirmed that 1973 decision, uh, and, uh, but they established uh, uh, more uh, carefully uh, notions of viability. In other words, uh, 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 how uh, up to what point uh, a person could could get an abortion, but they did reaffirm uh, the right uh, in 1992. And what happened on June 24th this year uh, was that the Supreme Court uh, overthrew Roe versus Wade decision. They they uh, 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 in effect uh, took away. Uh, the constitutional right to an abortion. And uh, they returned it to the states. Uh, under Roe versus Wade, uh, this was a national guarantee, uh, a national uh, right. But uh, with the, uh, the overturning of that decision, that is no longer a national right. So there are many states, there are uh, probably about a couple dozen states uh, where uh, the legislatures uh, and uh, uh, governors have been working uh, to make ab abortion highly restricted or outright illegal. And uh, so what happened now with the end of Roe versus Wade is that those states are, they can now prohibit 
uh, a woman from having an abortion. And uh, if you've been following the news, uh, you can see that now there's uh, uh, been a scramble. There's been a scramble uh, on on the side of those states to implement restrictions and bans on abortion. And uh, there's a scramble on the other side in states like, say, California, where I live, and New York, uh, and and uh, many other states where abortion uh, is uh, has been guaranteed uh, uh, through state protections, those states are seeking to strengthen uh, the right to an abortion and to uh, provide continued access to abortion. Uh, so that that is uh, really the the that's the uh, the the nub of this question here, will a woman have uh, uh, access to an abortion? And uh, as you pointed out, uh, Lauren, uh, with, uh, and you beautifully described uh, in, in a Facebook posting the other day, your, your own experience with performing the chorionic villus sampling uh, for, your, uh, for your, your daughter. Uh, and uh, how she uh, tested uh, negative for the HD, the HD mutation. Uh, so she is she is HD free, and it's it was really really striking for me to read that because you did that uh, in the mid two thousands, uh, and my uh, uh, my wife and I did the same process back in 1999 and 2000 with our daughter. And she also uh, turned out to be gene negative. And we like to say that that was one of the happiest moments of our life, uh, knowing that our daughter would not have to face juvenile Huntington's, knowing that uh, uh, she would be HD free. And uh, so she just graduated from college. She just turned 22 last month. Uh, and she's going to be working as a paralegal in New York City, and uh, she doesn't have to worry about Huntington's disease. So you must be uh, so I, proud. Uh, we are we are very proud uh, of our daughter. Her name is Bianca, and uh, she uh, uh, has just been uh, very studious. Uh, in, in her college years and very has applied herself seriously to her studies. She's also aware of her status as an HD free person. She knows that her grandmother died of Huntington's. Uh, she remembers going to the funeral in Ohio where my mom and dad were from uh, to see uh, her, her grandmother buried. Uh, and she remembers when she was a little younger that her grandmother had Huntington's. Uh, and uh, so she's grown up with this idea of Huntington's, and she knows that I'm at risk, uh, and uh, so and she knows how serious this cause is, and she's participated in many hope walks and uh, other volunteer activities for the Huntington's Disease Society of America in our chapter out here in San Diego. So we're very very proud of her, and uh, just happy that she is HD free. Uh, and it 
it's the con contrast with those families that are very bravely struggling with uh, juvenile Huntington's disease. Uh, we we did not we did not want to have a situation where uh, my wife, uh, who is not from the United States, she's from Brazil, uh, so we don't have any caregivers nearby, no relatives nearby. So we didn't want a situation where uh, my wife would have to take care of both me if I were to get Huntington's, and luckily I have not up to this point. I've been very lucky. I'm 62 years old, and I, I feel extremely, extremely, extremely blessed and privileged not to have, as far as I know, any Huntington symptoms, or at least nothing that, that is noticeable at this point. Uh, and I'm continued to work and to drive and to function normally. Uh, but my wife's big concern is, wow, you know, and my concern too is, what, what if I get onset in my 40s or 50s? My mom had onset in her late 40s. She died at age 68. So throughout her mm -hmm. late 40s, 50s, and like yeah, I know your your father also passed at the age of 62 of Huntington's. So uh, we know mm -hmm. that yep. it, it's a disease. It's a disease that can take a person very early. So uh, we wanted to make sure that uh, we were able, as a family, to uh, uh, properly and and uh, you know, lovingly uh, and and adequately, uh, you know, provide any care that was needed. And having a juvenile Huntington's child to worry about would have been, uh, of course, as you say, as you said, no one no one knows what they'll actually do when faced with the question of abortion. You know, we don't know exactly what we would have done if our daughter had tested positive. No one can know that because it's just did it didn't happen. Uh, but we were we were thankful that the option of abortion was there. We were we thought that it was it was very important for that option to be there. And in the in the case that we did want to go through with that procedure, and we continue to support those rights and and uh, 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 and and believe, you know, in, in our personal political uh, beliefs that it is uh, the woman and her family's choice to make that decision. And, you know, it's a very, it's a very important decision and it's something, um, you know, Ken is talking about something that I posted on Facebook recently in a group where um, people were responding to, um, to his his blog post and you know that you had people on both sides it was some people saying that the was the right thing to do others saying it was the wrong thing to do and i personally and something i don't talk about usually because of it being a controversial issue and um uh it's not something that people have responded well to but um, I did do chorionic villus sampling for my daughter, who is now four years old, and she is HD-free. Um, but for my son, um, when I got pregnant with my son, I was faced with, do I want to go through that process again? And um, the answer was no. 
for me because it was very traumatic for me, you know, being 13 weeks pregnant with my daughter and, and having somebody sit there and tell me that I'm going to have to consider an abortion if in order to get genetic and counseling and testing um, on the baby growing inside me. And um, it was a hard, hard decision. And waiting even those two weeks was really hard for me. It was very traumatic. And when that HD result came back as she was negative for HD, all I could think was, you know, it, it, as grateful as I am, it means the world to me that she's negative, but it wouldn't have changed whether or not I wanted her. And so when I got pregnant with my son, I made the decision that I was not going to test him. And so my son is two years old and he is at risk for HD and my husband and I had this really big conversation and, you know, I, I said to him, cause he asked me one of the first questions he said is Lauren, what are you going to do when, you know, Odin is old enough to know that, you know, he's at risk and his sister is not, what are you going to do? And I said, I'm going to tell him the truth. I'm going to tell him the story of, did and I will be 100% honest and transparent and at the age of 18 he can make the decision for himself just like I had the opportunity to do I said but it's my responsibility as the mother to to educate him on HD and make sure that he knows he has options and so that was very hard not everybody agrees trust me I, I heard from people in the community who did not agree with my decision but it was mine to make and I had options and I would never want to take personally options away from anybody who already has so many options taken away because of HD. Um, so I think it's a very important thing to know that this decision to take away a, the federal cover of abortion can affect you on this level of being able to have kids. And now if you're in a state where they, you know, are more lenient with abortion and terminating pregnancies, that's great. You're not going to have as many issues, but if you're in one of those dozens of states that bans abortions, that, you know, has restrictions on abortions, you are really going to want to look and see what rights you have in your state and whether or not you need to go somewhere else. Because not only will this affect, you know, if you decide to do chorionic villus sampling, but how is this going to affect IVF with PGD? Do we know if it's going to affect IVF with PGD? Um, I think, Ken, you kind of delve into that in your article um, a little bit about the IVF with PGD side. First of all, I think you, you, ver you very honestly and and uh, transparently uh, put out your your uh, your story, and that that's important for the community to hear. And I think that uh, telling your son the truth, you know, not not hiding the fact of HD. I mean, all all of the research that's been done, all of the books that have been written, uh, uh, and and all of the family examples I've seen are. That where there's transparency and the the search for accurate information, the search for the truth about HD, that those families end up coping better with uh, HD. 
than families that try to hide it. I know that in my own extended family, part of the family was, oh my gosh, they were totally hiding the fact that my mom uh, had HD and it was a terrible, terrible, terrible thing uh, to to deal with. Uh, And uh, I've written blog articles about that. and uh, in the early years of my uh, of writing the blog, and uh, but you're right that uh, this uh, this decision is very very significant for many for many many reasons uh, uh, it, because it's not just about abortion. So uh, as you mentioned, PGD or what 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 we what's you know called pre-implantation genetic diagnosis. Sometimes it's also now. I've seen it called PGT, pre-implantation genetic testing. And uh, as you pointed out, that involves uh, uh, the testing of embryos, uh, basically in a, in a test tube to see which embryos uh, do not have the HD mutation. And then using IVF, that's in vitro fertilization, which is something that's been around for a long time now, uh, those uh, embryos uh, are implanted uh, in uh, the, uh, the uterus, uh, and uh, then uh, they are uh, brought to term. The, the, the babies are born, uh, uh, one or two or more, uh, because it's a multiple implantation, some of these families have been having uh, twins, uh, and uh, there are at least two cases I know of with with twins that resulted from uh, PGD. So it's a double joy. Two HD three uh, or more children are possible, uh, and uh, well, one at least one, and two, and, and possibly more from this uh, from this process. So, uh, but uh, the. Uh, as the Supreme Court ruling pointed out, the minority decision, in other words, the justices who thought that the right to abortion should have continued at the federal level, those justices uh, fear that uh, there will now be challenges uh, for a number of things. Uh, IVF, uh, in vitro fertilization, might be something that is now questioned. Uh, uh, a birth control uh, is something that could be questioned. Uh, the, the morning after pill is something that could be questioned. Uh, and a stem cell research uh, is uh, uh, also something that could be questioned uh, because some, some stem cell research, not all of it, but a, a, and actually it's a quite small part of stem cell research, but a critical Part of it does involve uh, uh, using uh, discarded embryos from IVF or from PGD uh, to uh, do research for Huntington's disease, not just HD, but all kinds of diseases and conditions. But uh, the uh, 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 political groups that are that end abortion, these same groups, some of them want to uh, very severely uh, restrict uh, the use of embry- embryos. They want to possibly restrict IVF. Uh, and so 
as I pointed out in my article, uh, uh, Joe Smith and uh, his wife, Allie LaForce, uh, Joe is a baseball pitcher for the Minnesota Twins. Uh, he's been in the World Series uh, uh, for, I believe, for the Houston Astros. Uh, he was for the pitch for the Los Angeles Dodgers for a while, which is how I got to meet him when he came down to San Diego in 2015 for our gala and spoke about Huntington's. So he's from Ohio originally, where, which is where I'm from originally. And he and his wife have a foundation called Help Cure HD, and they have uh, provided uh, uh, many families uh, with financial assistance to go through PGD, preimplantation genetic diagnosis. And that, of course, is the process that I just described, and it does involve in vitro fertilization. Uh, and uh, Ellie was quoted in uh, Stat News. Stat News is the uh, most important uh, uh, news source uh, for biology and biotech and the pharmaceutical industry. Uh, and uh, they are very well known now in the world of science. They've written many, they've written a number of articles about Huntington's. And there was an article uh, just before the Supreme Court decision came out in which uh, they quoted Allie as being concerned because uh, with the Supreme Court decision, uh, it's po they, they may have to uh, start paying for people to go to states where PGD would be accepted because there's a possibility that uh, some of these states might cut off access to in vitro fertilization and PGD. And we have to keep in mind that uh, in vitro was something, it wasn't started uh, it wasn't started for, for diseases. It was started uh, out of for, for concerns for fertility. You know, uh, many, many couples, for whatever reason, biologically, the husband had a problem or the, the, the wife had a problem or the couple just couldn't conceive. And, and it's actually pretty common, uh, you know, to have miscarriages uh, in pregnancies. Uh, and so in, in vitro was started to help these couples have had nothing to do with disease. It was just wanting to have children. But now it also involves things such as the preimplantation of healthy embryos for HD. But that IVF might be cut off. Uh, so it's not just the HD community that might buy this. So there's a lot of concern about there about what uh, could could happen uh, with this. Uh, so uh, we will we have to wait and see. Uh, because uh, uh, the the trend appears to be, or uh, because the, the the majority uh, justices, uh, some of them want to cut off other rights uh, from uh, the public, uh, and so we will have to see what the Supreme Court does moving forward, uh, and uh, uh, so. Uh, I would not know. When I was growing up, Roe versus Wade was the law of the land. It was accepted. I never, never imagined that it would be overturned. And here we are in 2022, it's been overturned. So, uh, I mean, who would have said that Russia would have invaded Ukraine? No one ever would have said that. 
So 2022 is a really, really uh, unusual year for just things happening that we never expected to happen. So I don't, I don't put yeah. anything. Yeah. Who would, who would, who would have thought that we, we would have had a, a pandemic to a two-year pandemic with a disease that would come and kill so many people too. I don't think that's something that we would have expected either. It's like the past uh, three to five years, you know, we're just, just crazy. That's what it's going to be. The past three to five years is going to be absolutely nuts. (laughs) Yes. So I think that's why people are scrambling on both sides of this issue. People are bracing themselves for what they're going to do. And it's, it really, it's all about families in the end, families, women and their families, their, their partners, their supporters, their significant others, their spouses, whatever you want to call them, you know, it's all these people who are going to be affected by this decision. And so, uh, uh, I, uh, so I think you're very right in, in pointing out that it's important to discuss the, 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 the ramifications, you know, what else will can happen because of this, uh, decision. Well, and as we in the HC community know, and, Ken, thank you so much for going into detail about that and explaining it because it's so important that we know the detail of it um, in order to understand, you know, what could happen. Um, But it's something that we're very familiar with in the HD community, and that is we have to wait and see. Those are exactly (laughs) what I was hoping you would say. We have to wait and see because we are very familiar with that um, in our lives So it's another part of having to wait and see. But in the meantime, what you can do for yourselves, if you are looking into in vitro with PGD, look and see what your state regulations are. Look and see um, if you're looking at HealthCare HD, make sure to reach out to them to ask them about any issues they're having in the states that they cover. Um, If you're worried about being in a state where there is a ban, it's not a federal decision any longer, but you can still advocate on a state level. Do not feel that because they've overturned this that we don't have a say um, in our lives. And I'm not talking about just abortion. I'm talking about, in general, women's rights, um, people with you know rare diseases rights, um, people with dementia, their rights, right? Like, we still have the ability to advocate on our behalves on a state level and federal level. So just because something is overturned does not mean it's the end of the world and we can still move forward and there are still things that we can do. And I want to make sure that people know that because I think that we have had a lot of bad news in the past few years in the HG community. And so it feels like as each one, as, as each hit comes, it, and we're knocked back again, it feels like, well, what's the point of this? What's the point of standing up and doing advocacy? What's the point in being in research? What's the point in doing all of these things? And it's because it's our lives, guys. This is, you know, we are not just HD. We are people that have HD. And if we want to get to a world without HD or where, where we have a better quality of life, we have to continue to get up and keep fighting and educating and um, participating, um, even when it feels like we just keep being knocked down after issue after issue after issue. So 
Um, just make sure if if I could challenge anything to the HD community, it's to keep going and keep keep getting back up, and to not um, to not give up whenever we have issues like this. Lauren, that's a, that's a beautiful and just brilliant uh, statement of what what we need to do. Uh, and uh, I, I quoted you along those lines in my in my blog article. And so I'm thankful that you you did offer me uh, some comments for the for the blog article, and I agree a thousand percent that we just have to keep getting up. We, we're used to doing that. I mean, HD families over and over and over again are used to getting a, you know a punch to the gut, and uh, with the diagnosis, with the onset of symptoms, with the you know uh, difficulties with the clinical trials and all of the things you were, were mentioning, we're, we're used to that. But we just each day and keep moving and keep moving and keep moving. I remember how my dad every day, you know, uh, my dad took care of my mom for many years, and finally she had to go to the nursing home. Or he was every day at the nursing home feeding her at lunchtime. Uh, you know, we've got lots of families like that out there where they just are get up every day and fight that that battle. I, I called my dad an HD warrior, and we're all we're all warriors out there fighting against HD. And you're a warrior too, uh, Lauren. You and your family are, are warriors that I admire very much. And so I, I agree a thousand percent that yes, advocating at the local level is something we absolutely must do. Continue to support Help for HD International. Continue to support. HDSA and and the other organizations out there uh, and uh, participate in the clinical trials, participate in the research studies, be aware of what's going on with the research. All of those things are just really, really important. I couldn't have really, really put it better than I think anybody could have put it. Well, Thank you, and I, I want to thank you so much for coming on today, Ken. You have truly been an inspiration to me and really um, have, you know, because you have been a voice for HD, it's really pushed me to be a voice for HD, and I was just so inspired over the years with how you spoke up about all of it, you know, the real HD, and you really delved into the issues, and so I'm so grateful um, to you for coming on and for continuing your blog and for being such a huge advocate and a huge voice for HD. And I, I mean, I just can't thank you enough for that. Well, Lauren, I, I likewise uh, deeply ad admire your advocacy and uh, you're, you're, you're younger, you're a different generation. You're the, you're the new generation. Uh, of advocates, and uh, we need that new generation coming up and being strong. So please continue in your leadership role, which I know you will, uh, and, and fighting on, on the many fights that you front for your family, for your local community, for the national HD community, for the global HD community. Uh, so just just keep it up at H, Help for HD International. You are, you are international, and I'm, I'm thankful for that. Thank you so much. For those listening, again, I, you know, we're here to, to help educate and to be able to support. And so I want anybody who's listening to the show, if I am the first person to tell you this, I don't care what your decision is regarding abortion, regarding 
um, you know, if you go through with it or if you don't, you have my support. Because in the HD community, one of the things that we need is to be there for each other. And it should be without judgment. Whether or not we agree with it, somebody else's decision, it's not our decision. Um, we can still support somebody and be there for somebody without understanding or agreeing with their decision. And so let me be the first person in the HD community, if somebody is listening, you are supported. You have support right here, no matter what decisions you decide um, when it comes to kids and all of that. Those are your decisions, and we are here to support you and be your HD family and be your HD support system. We just want to make sure that you have all of the information in front of you and that you're educated so it is easier to make an informed decision so you don't regret it later. Um, so, again, thank you, Ken, for coming on um, and sharing about this. If you guys have never checked out the blog, please go and check out his blog. I'll make sure to post it to the show page. Um, and, um, you know, it's all over Facebook. I share it through my personal Facebook and through the Help for HD Live Facebook. Totally worth the read. Go back and read. He's just got some amazing posts. So go back and read them because um, it's absolutely worth the read. And um, please make sure that you're tuning in to the shows that are up and coming. Um, we actually have, I'm hoping to report on the up-and-coming um, FDA listening session for pre-symptomatic after it happens on July 25th. Sorry if you hear kids in the background swimming. Uh, I just walked outside. So um, make sure to tune in for those. And until next time, I love you guys and take care. Thanks so much, Ken. Take care, Lauren. Take care, everybody. Take care, Lauren. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to visit www.help4hd.org and sign up for our email newsletter to stay up to date on all that is going on at Help for HD. Get social with us and like us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram and subscribe to Help for HD TV on YouTube and ring the bell for notifications.